of Destiny Total Sports Ministry in conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level introduced to you God's Word with simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastigo Colophrine. God bless you as you listen. Father, we give all the glory to you. We appreciate you from the depth of our heart. We say you are worthy of all our praise. Thank you again today. Thank you for your word that kept coming our way. Thank you because you are set to bless us again today. We give all the glory to you. Lord, do a quick work in our lives. Cause every heart to open. Let the eyes of your people be open, Lord, to hear and to receive from you. Lord, please, we ask you that nothing will rob us of our inheritance in Christ. Unto this you have called us, O Lord, we plead. Cause our eyes to open to this truth. Let us not live like slaves. Let us not live like people who don't have father. Let us not live like bastards, O Lord. Cause our eyes, O Lord, to open suddenly that we all together can see what Christ has paid for us. The great price he paid and brought us back to this huge inheritance. We thank you because you have answered. For in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Praise God. Now the Congress has finished and we need to start studying the essence of the Congress. We need to understand the reason why God called us together. Why God saved us, why he redeemed us. That is what we need to start studying now. Are we saying amen? And I believe God that you will understand the reason why God was speaking to us during the Congress. So that none of us can be cut off or not be a partaker of that great inheritance that God reserved for all of his children. Are we saying amen? Now, we want to start by first of all establishing when you hear God speaking to his people about sin, you hear God speaking to people about righteousness, you hear God rebuking people, it is for one reason. Please note that. The ignorant people are angry when God begins to rebuke them and speak to them about certain things. But because they are ignorant, they don't understand the reason why God was saying that. Now, the reason why he was saying that is because we are about losing our inheritance in Christ. We are about losing our inheritance in Christ. And when you lose your inheritance in Christ, of what use are you then serving God? Actually, he begot us in order to give us an inheritance. When you are giving back to them, in your heart, you also desire to give them something good. The same way it is with our Father in heaven. Unfortunately, many of us are serving him without any purpose. We're just serving God because they say there is God in heaven. If you don't serve him, you will not go to heaven. You will die. Or he might kill you. He will not protect you. No, it's not true. Now, we look at our brother Paul. In Ephesians chapter 3, as we begin to study this evening, please, I want to beg us 
from my understanding, these years that I've been serving the Lord, I discover that any child of God who don't have access to God's inheritance, the person is to be pitied. The person is to be pitied. Because you serve God and serve God at the time you get tired. And before you know it, you get frustrated. You start being weary. Before you know it, you become a religious person and no more a child of God. We have seen so many religious people today. They are no more children of God because the joy of the Lord is no more in their heart anymore. And what I want to say is this, the joy of the Lord comes naturally because you have the spirit of God in you. You are redeemed. But at the same time, there are certain things also that stirs it up when you see God doing certain things in your life. When you see God opening great doors for you, when you see your father doing those things that ordinarily men can do for you, it stirs up that joy that tells you indeed, I am a son, I am a daughter. It gives you joy. I will say in amen. I will say in amen. But whenever we are robbed of our inheritance, then there is a problem. And again, why should God raise ministers? God raised ministers to make sure that every child of God will partake of their own inheritance in Christ. That our eyes be open to our inheritance. We now take that inheritance and serve God acceptably. Now we look at that Ephesians. Our brother Paul established that truth. He said, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, verse 2, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you world, verses 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, verse 4, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, verses 5, which in other age was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Verses 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. By the gospel. By the gospel. Another translation, verses 6. Please, I want you to understand this very, very well. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Another translation. Now, as a child of God, if you miss this, Anytime you're going to God without this understanding, you will discover that you will only be going there as a slave and as a beggar. Your relationship with God will be that of a slave and a beggar. 
you will not understand the essence of the gospel that you come to sit down every day to hear. You will not even understand that you have been redeemed. And the reason for God redeeming you is that you can be a co-heir. A co-heir. A co-heir. Thereby, you are empowered to partake of whatever inheritance that is in Christ. I don't know whether somebody is understanding me. Can we look at this again? It is this, that the Gentiles are now to be fellow heads with the Jews, members of the same body, and joint partakers, sharing in the same divine promise in Christ through their acceptance of the glad tidings, the gospel. Through their acceptance of the glad tidings, the gospel. So it simply means that when we have accepted the gospel of Christ, when we believe in the gospel of Jesus, as the gospel come to us, we believe it with our hearts, that empowered us to be co-heads and co-partakers, sharers, joint partakers, are you understanding what I'm saying? Of the inheritance and all the promises of God that is in Christ Jesus. Anyone that don't understand this, you're going to God. It's just like somebody saying, okay, let me just be part of it. After all, my parents, they gave birth to me. I discovered all of them are going to church. That is the line we want to draw today. That your mindset can change completely. There's so much in Christ for we to be partakers of. I tell you again, there is so much in Christ. There's so much in Christ that if you go to heaven, if God show you that and you compare with the kind of sufferings you've suffered here, you start crying. You'll be in heaven, but you'll be crying. You'll be asking yourself, then why do I suffer all these sufferings? How come that I didn't partake of all of these blessings? How come? What happened to me? What exactly happened to me? Another translation, if you have another one. Living Bible. If you have Living Bible here, can you read? I want this scripture to sink into your heart and settle there. You live by it every day. Listen, there is something I want it to be established in your heart today. That you are serving the Lord will not just be like a religious person. You will serve your father with a good understanding and get all the promises of God concerning you and be a co-partaker of this inheritance we are talking about. That is what makes you to stay steady with him. Not only the inheritance here, but the one there. You must know of the one here and know of the one there. Okay, read. Listen, please. And this is the secret. And this is the secret. That the Gentiles will have their full share with the Jews. That the Gentiles will have their full share with the Jews. In all the riches inherited by God's sons. In all the riches, not in some. Not in some. In all the riches inherited by God's son. Continue. Both are invited to belong to his church. 
both are invited to belong to his church and all of God's promises of mighty blessings and all of God's promises of mighty blessings not I go to that place I come back praise God not I buy clothes today praise God we are talking about mighty promises mighty promises taking over nations for God taking over nations for God taking over nations for God that's what we're talking about the kind of things that we see people like Joseph people like Daniel and this man they operated in the old covenant this man operated in the old covenant the spirit of God wasn't dwelling in them steady the spirit of God comes to them occasionally and leaves them That was why when Jesus came here, the spirit of God wasn't in any other person except in him. Now he said to the disciples, he said, that I go. Because if I don't go, you will not partake of that spirit. It can't come to dwell with you, live in you. You carry the spirit about. So then, the spirit comes occasionally. You see, Samson, whenever I want to do exploits, the spirit will come. If you finish the spirit, it's okay. Read. Mighty blessings through Christ. Mighty blessings through Christ. Apply to them both. Apply to them both. When they accept the good news about Christ. When they do what? Accept, accept the good, good news. news so about Christ. You accepting the good news about Christ is the access way to these things we're talking about. You can't just accept the gospel of Christ without you getting into the inheritance. So now we have accepted the gospel of Christ. The question is, why are we not enjoying the inheritance? Are you understanding what I'm saying now? And that's what we need to discuss now. Please, is somebody understanding what I'm saying now? Can we read it again from message? The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what have been calling outsiders, and insiders stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer. Same what? Help. Same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone. Listen, I told my players, we had three days meeting, they didn't come. So they were waiting for me to come and start shouting. <laughs> I didn't shout. I did not say anything to them. Do you know the reason? I am beginning to understand. Me taking gospel to you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And you accepting the gospel. I am envious <laughs> of what you are about coming into. <laughs> uh, uh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. If I carry the gospel to you, with the understanding I have now, I am envious in fact, I began to understand that why Jonah was angry. Can you remember the case of Jonah? Why Jonah was angry when he went back to Nineveh and began to preach and immediately all of them turned. All of them immediately turned to, oh, he said, no, why should they turn? <laughs> Jonah said, it's enough for them to come and ask that partaking of this blessing, this mighty blessing, you would have left them to die there. Since they are claiming they know too much, they know too much. Leave them to die there. Do you know why you get angry when you preach people? They don't respond. 
is because you self don't know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I have come to realize, unfortunately, even we that are sitting down, hearing God's word, who has accepted God's word a long time, a long time, because we didn't understand what God brought us into by that gospel that we accepted. That's why we get angry when we carry the gospel to people. If they are not responding well. Now the first thing we need to see so that you begin first to appreciate the gospel that came to you that you accepted. What this gospel has brought you into whether it's manifesting now or not, notwithstanding. Because it's you that is making it not to manifest. It is you. It's not God. It's you. The promise is there. You were co-heir with Christ by reason of the gospel of Christ that came to you, which you accepted. You have inherited God and whatsoever riches that is in Christ, it belongs to you. We have become co-partakers of that. Nobody contests with that. Even the devil knows he can't contest with it. But the only problem is that the people don't know. So he'll keep robbing them. He'll keep robbing them. It's not supposed to be a mystery again. Apostle Paul said it. It was a mystery before. But now, it's not supposed to be a mystery anymore. Every child of God ought to know it. We ought to know it. And that is what I want you to start seeing now. Now, when God talk about sin, when you hear God talk about the issue of sin, sin, he will rebuke Israel. He will talk about sin. He says, stop all these things you're doing and rest of them. Do you know the reason? The reason is that he's keeping the inheritance for them. He don't want anything to rob them of the inheritance. He still kept the inheritance. He's still telling them, no, I kept something for you. I kept including myself for you. Come back and take what belongs to you. So all of those things you see people talking, they go here, go there, and go to that place. All that God is trying to present is for the people to be able to enter into that inheritance that is rich, which he reserved for them. And for the devil not to accuse him, he knows that if he gives it to us, when we are committing sin, the devil will accuse him and say, no, it's not what you said. Are you understanding? So when he comes and say, my son, leave that thing you're doing. My daughter, leave that thing you're doing. It's for us to be able to get into our inheritance in Christ because it's so rich and huge. You hear our brother speaking again. That should be our brother Paul. He said, eyes have not seen ears have not heard what God has prepared for those that love him. Now you begin to ask yourself, what is that that eyes have not seen? Is he house? Have your eyes not seen house? Have your eyes not seen cars? Even if you can't see it in Nigeria, if you go to social media, you'll be seeing it. All manner of cars. Now tell me that thing that your eyes have not seen. That means there is something higher than all these things that we are seeing. That God cared for us. And God now said, 
that thing which the eyes have not seen, God, by the Spirit, has revealed it to us. We want to study a little more. Are we saying amen? Can you catch something before we progress? Go to 7. Read verse 7. Verse 7 of that scripture. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. So, God makes ministers in order for them to bring the people of God to the knowledge of this inheritance which they have in Christ Jesus. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, I have not become a minister that God established or sent to people if my duty is not to make them see there is an inheritance you have in Christ. And that inheritance is not small. Stop bemoaning. Stop behaving like a slave. Even when you wear slippers. Even when you have not eaten food yesterday. That does not cancel the truth that is in his world. If this gospel has come to you, you received it. No matter where you are, whether in the village, whether in the town, anywhere you found yourself, whether in the hole, in the cage, the truth is that there is an inheritance which you have received. And that inheritance is huge. It's so rich. So rich. Can somebody say amen now? That was what I saw that changed my reasoning about life. I saw it early enough, so it changed my reasoning. It changed my reasoning. I forgot the way I think. I forgot what I'm seeing around me. I forgot the family I came from. I forgot everybody, brother, sister, uncle, mothers. I say, ah, I have an inheritance. I have a promise that is so rich in Christ Jesus. I hook onto that one. And that was when I began to say, no, I know how I'm going to end. I know how I'm going. So I say, seeing that I can never fail. On any circumstance, there's nothing on earth that will make me to fail. Please, can somebody understand what we're saying here? These things you're seeing with your eyes can fail you. Can fail. Wait, wait, wait. And that's why God wants your eyes to see that. So you as a child of God who has received the gospel of Christ, can you convince yourself today according to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6, I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. Every day I keep calling my children. I keep telling them. I say, you have an inheritance now that you have accepted the gospel of Christ. And that inheritance is not all these things you see around you. There is something huge, richer and bigger than whatever you can see around me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I said your father in heaven has kept your own. Your own is there. Reach out for that one. That one will be far bigger than anything you're seeing around you. If your eye ever settled for this, you are a failure. Complete failure. You have failed completely. You have failed completely. Even if I didn't say anything again today, I have finished what I want to say. That you just need to go back home. Start meditating on this scripture. That the Gentiles should be what? Should be fellow heads and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ 
by the gospel. This gospel that you see men carrying up and down is not ordinary. The problem is that the people who they are preaching the gospel don't understand what the gospel brought them into. They did not understand. They received the gospel and still remain slaves. They received the gospel. That's why the Bible says, look at how beautiful the feet of these people that carry this gospel. Listen, when you see these people carry this gospel and they are carrying it well, not the one that are talking nonsense. It's wonderful. <laughs> because when you receive that gospel from them, what it brings you into, I'm telling you, even the next three generations can't finish talking about it. That's why we are still talking about the apostles up to tomorrow. It was the gospel they had one day that brought them into that. The gospel they had just one day that brought them into it. And that is why we say it is important to know the kind of gospel that you hear and know the kind of gospel that you take to people too. There's a kind of gospel you take to them, it won't bring them into what we are talking about. It will not make them to be partakers of this inheritance we are talking about in Christ, this huge inheritance that is so rich, that is so rich, I will say in amen. Now, we look at these few things so that you can see. Nobody needs to deceive you. Nobody needs to harass you about inheritance as a child of God. You should walk with your shoulders high if actually you have received the gospel truly. Nothing makes you afraid. You know there is a future that has been secured already in Christ for you. You are not afraid of anything. You know there is a future. You are not shaking like leaves. The reason why you see the world shaking and the children of God are shaking at the same time is because of what I'm telling you now. It has not been settled in their heart. There is a huge inheritance in God. I heard God saying to me, the work I have reserved for you in this life you can't finish it until you die. Where I was looking for work, oh. <laughs> I'm looking for work. And I've told God, I say, I want to be an international businessman. He started laughing. My father was laughing. He said to me, you have decided to settle for nothing. I said, hey, I said international business. <laughs> God shake his head. I said, no. You have just decided to settle for nothing. Many children of God because we don't understand this, we choose certain paths that we take in life. We decide on our own, we are going to follow this path. And that has made many of us to miss that huge inheritance that God reserved for us. That God reserved for us. Many of us, our parents, were the ones that misled us. Because there are certain things they desire. My son must be. My daughter must be. So we never wanted God to actually be the one that is directing and leading. In order that we arrive at that inheritance that he has reserved for us. Now for every child of God, can I say something to you? You know how the architects used to design a house. You know how they used to design a house. They will finish designing the house. Put all the doors where they want to put it. The windows, everything. Even put the cars. They will show you the car park. Put the flowers there. Where you don't want the flower, they will remove it and say, do you like it here? They will put it there. They will show you everything. In fact, some of them now, 
they will show you the inside of the house and the outside of the house. That is before they start building the house. If you go to the land where they will build the house, it's empty land. Nothing there. But what will be in the land? They have it in their hand. That is how God is. The same way, once somebody gave his life to Christ, are you understanding what I'm saying? God goes to his archive and pull that person's own and drop it and say, this is your life. This is how it will play from beginning to the end. Can you see how beautiful it is? How wonderful and glorious. Eh? But now, it's not him that will come and just carry it and show you. It is you that should know. When you reach out to him and say, my father, my own inheritance, give to me, he will show you. If you think I'm telling you like, go and pray the way I prayed, he will show you. <laughs> because he has your own on his table. <laughs> your own is still on his table and waiting for you to come so that he can deliver it to your hand. May you get your own in Jesus' name. I say may you get your own in Jesus' name. May you not live like a slave and depart here on earth as a slave. There's no child of God that don't have a glorious destiny in Christ. No one. No one. I will say in amen. Now look at this God's great offer. When God created man, he gave him an estate, a glorious inheritance. God, the creator and possessor of heaven and earth, desired to make man in his own image and after his own likeness and delegated his authority to man. God was to reign in heaven while man was to reign on his behalf on earth. Psalm 115 verse 16. Can we look at that scripture? Psalm 115 verse 16. Even the heaven is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Would they be pushing you up and down in what your father has given to you? Are we saying amen? Psalm 115 verse 16. Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth are given to the children of men. Are given to the children of men. Then man was authorized to rule over all God's creation on earth, but he was not to rule independently. There was a fellowship, a communion between God and man daily. God would visit him in the cold of the day to share fellowship with him. Even that was a privilege, an inheritance that cannot be bought with money. It is an inheritance like we talk about fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. For you to be able to talk to God is a privilege. For you to talk and God will hear. He will talk, you will hear. It's a privilege. And it's also an inheritance. That is why he said, the prayer of a sinner is an abomination unto God. If you like, let him shout from now to tomorrow. God is not hearing. He said, the ear of the Lord is not deaf that he can't. Is it not true? But a sinner, when he begins to pray, his ear becomes what? Deaf. He will not hear. So that is an inheritance on its own. That is an inheritance. Communion, fellowship with God is an inheritance on its own. 
So you as a child of God see that for me to have fellowship with God, for me to have communion with God is an inheritance. Nobody can buy it with money. But have you heard children of God? I mean children of God that say, we can't hear God. Have you heard any one of them? But there are people who are enjoying that communion, two of us, day by day. They enjoy that fellowship day by day. Even when they're not praying. If they sit down, God will speak to them. They're in the market. God will speak to them. They are walking on the street. God is talking to them. Do you know, if you don't have access to that kind of fellowship, you will not understand that it's an inheritance too. You won't understand that that is a huge inheritance that your father has made available for me and you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I have heard children of God that said, this house will collapse. In the next 10 minutes, they had God say, live here now. And they quietly leave. Before they get to where they are going, they call them and say, that spot where you are, the house collapsed. You've not heard such people before. Have you heard the one that said, God said to them, leave the supermarket as they are leaving. The next 10 minutes, robbers came and robbed everybody there, minus them. We are talking about inheritance that money can't even buy it. It can't buy it. And this inheritance is what your father reserved for you. A man shared one day in the church. He works with the police people. So that man said that day, he woke up in the morning, he wanted to jump out as usual. And he heard the voice of God say, no, pray. And he started praying. When he finished praying, he left. He got to the office, they asked him to go and buy fuel. So they were in group. They never knew they have set him up and they should kill him. It's the girl that set him up because it's like the man is not allowing him to do any way. The when they got to the place, they will buy fuel. They are finished buying the fuel. Then the rest of the police people that came with him drove off. They asked him, are you going? He said, the spirit of God asked him not to go. Stay back there. He said he stayed back. He received a call. So they were calling to know whether he had died. <laughs> so he was the one that picked the call. He was, ah, the man was surprised. They now told him that's emergency. Which emergency? They say all those people that left that place with him, they have shot all of them. They shot all of them from A to Z. They told him to rush to Park Lane. He said, hey, he got to the place, he saw all of them. He said, what is happening here? That if God didn't keep him back, are you understanding what I'm saying? By reason of communion, by reason of communion and fellowship, which we think is not an inheritance, we thought that doesn't mean anything. But you, as a child of God, we are looking at what he called us unto. He called us unto. The inheritance that he reserved for us as his children as his children, as his children, you as a child of God, if you can't see that as an inheritance, that is the reason why the world will always beat you. Hands on. For we to live life that they cannot even understand. This is one of the inheritance we are talking about. The access to what? To God's voice. Having communion with him. 
Now look at. In Genesis, the Bible talked about Adam and Eve. We are going to get there too. We are going to get there. Okay. We cannot adequately explain the glory of that inheritance at this point. The implication of the estate in which man was, was to stand for God is beyond anyone's imagination. God continued to hold out this inheritance from one generation to another. Unto Abraham, God offered himself. So from the time of Adam, you see, when God come in the cool of the day, you remember Genesis, the Bible said God comes in the cool of the day. What was he doing with Adam and Eve? Communing with them. So when we read that scripture, we think it's just a joke. That is an inheritance which he consciously reserved for his own. That whenever anyone received the gospel, God brought you into that inheritance. You begin to enjoy it. You can hear God. God can hear you. You can speak to him. He can speak to you. He can tell you, leave this place. He can tell you, go there. He can tell you, don't pick that job. He can tell you, pick the other job. He can tell you, go that place. He can tell you, leave this place now. If you start enjoying that, please, won't you be living like spirit? I'm asking somebody a question. Won't you be living like spirit? And that is what God wants for you and me. Many of us don't even know about that inheritance. Many don't know about that inheritance. Have you heard a child of God he say he went to the park, he want to enter a bus. God said, don't enter this one. Before the next minute, you hear that the bus has crashed. Three of us. It's an inheritance. Please, from today, as a child of God, see that as what? As one of the inheritance that your father cared for you. So get into it and start enjoying it. Stop behaving like the people of the world. If they are selling pekere, you want to sell pekere. If they are selling bonds, he says bonds is now bonds. Is, he starts selling bonds. God don't want our life to be like that. Now, the first thing you must know, he has brought us to that inheritance and you must not throw away that inheritance. Seize it. Get down to communion with him. Get down to deep fellowship with your father in order for you to live a mysterious life here on earth. That if you come out, the world will be wondering, where is he going to? And where is he coming from? <laughs> you become a mystery to them. A mystery. A complete mystery. Are we saying amen? If you go there, if they drop anything, they are going to say they dropped something here. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to enjoy that kind of life? Because you have communion with him every day. Do you know? This is one of the inheritance we are losing in the body of Christ. That's why all the so-called fake prophets are somewhere. So they are catching children of God because they are losing their inheritance. He said, go to Sia. What is he seeing? The Sia is seeing nothing. <laughs> He's not seeing anything. There's nothing he's seeing. It's because the child of God has lost his inheritance and he didn't know. That I've lost my inheritance in Christ. I've lost my inheritance in Christ. I share with you people here. That my son wouldn't have been alive now. That boy wouldn't have been alive now. No, he wouldn't have been alive. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? And that early morning, as I was having devotion, my morning devotion, that early morning that I was having devotion, Nepa took light. So as Nepa took light, I was having that devotion and my wife was pregnant of him. I heard the Lord said, go and fetch water for your wife. I said, eh? I said, but I'm having devotion now. He said, go and fetch water for her. Let her not fetch water this morning. I said, okay. Okay, let me finish devotion. So by the time I'm finishing devotion, it was still dark and never took light. As I was about going, God said, take a lamp. I took a lamp. Look at the tank where we take water from. Look at snake as long as this. As huge as that. Black. Lay down there. So when I got to the place, God said, that is a snake. He laid down for your wife. He want to abort the child. <laughs> that is why I said, go and fetch water for her this morning. So I went to get something that I used to come and see the snake. They ran away. Do you know another person would have been trapped? Listen, there is something that you are missing in Christ that you must recover back now. You must recover it back. You must recover it back. When they are talking rubbish, you just keep quiet and looking at them. You say, my father has told me that already. Before they finish planning, your father will just bring the whole thing and show you. And say, see where they are coming from. Twelve o'clock, they will be there. <laughs> One o'clock, they will be this other place. You say, okay, let's know how to arrange. <laughs> are we saying amen? So, that is an inheritance that you cannot make light of. It's an inheritance in Christ that no money can buy it. Your father reserved it for you. He reserved it for me. No money can buy Even if they carry out the dollar, everything. God has reserved such inheritance of communion and fellowship for you alone. Not for the world. It is for me and for you. Can we take advantage of that? And stop falling to the pit that the world fall into. And stop falling to the pit they will fall into. Are we saying amen now? Please, are we saying amen? Anytime a child of God falls into such pit, it's because it's avoiding the communion. The father is saying, come, you have an inheritance. Come and have communion. I'll say, I'm bad and busy, bad and busy, bad and busy. Oh, he say, when next will I tell you that? Is he not here? If you had come, that journey, I've already known that that Lagos you want to get to, nothing will come out of it. You just waste your money, waste your time. You go and come back and say, if you had gone there, he would have told you, forget about them. It won't work. You quickly sit down in the house and rest and say, my father told me this morning when I was having devotion, that, that thing is not going to work. You see that? that is the life God wants us to live as his children. And it's an inheritance. Can somebody say amen now? Please, is somebody saying amen? Now, why you see us being mad about some pastors who can do, sh hey, God is saying something now. It's because we are losing our inheritance. That's the reason. Because that inheritance, did you see what he said in Ephesians? Is it for some people? Is it not for all of us? Whom the gospel has come to? Please, pastor, didn't gospel come to him? You, didn't gospel come to you? And you responded. It is him. 
It's the same. If pastor is sitting down and having communion with God and hearing God concerning him and hearing God concerning you too, now you abandon the place of your own communion, that means you have abandoned your inheritance. Are you understanding? Hey, you have to go to pastor to tell you. Eh? He has to tell you. <laughs> he will tell you. Eh? He will be telling you. <laughs> is somebody saying amen? So that's why children of God are carrying Bible, carrying suit, carrying everything, pursue pastor everywhere. <laughs> if you go, your father will say, ah, okay, now you have come back. <laughs> Take your own too. <laughs> you can be like him. It's the world that should be pursuing you. It's the world that need to know what will happen to us. They'll come to you. Do you remember Daniel? Do you remember Daniel? The king had a dream. Are you understanding? And the king said, okay, the magicians, oh yeah, tell me the dream. They couldn't. And Daniel said, relax, king. Just give me time. Will you give me time? He said, he went back to God. He said, oh God, will you let them kill both me? He said, no, 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 no. I will not let them. Take. Go and tell him. He went there and told the king. The king said, child, this man, you are wonderful. It's an inheritance. The magician don't have such inheritance. If they like, let them hit their head on the ground. They will die. <laughs> you saw Joseph. The king had his own dream. Joseph was still there. The king was troubled. They went up. Listen, all the magicians failed. And one of them remembered. They called Biara. He said, uh, there's a man. When I was in the prison, I was in the prison. Even me, I had dream that I cannot interpret. But this man interpreted. The king said, go and bring the man out. Immediately, they brought him out. Please, did Joseph interpret it or not? How? He still went to God and said, please, Tell me now. God showed him. He came. Why is it that you can't even interpret your own dream? This is a child of God. Though. We are talking about a child of God. Who should be interpreting the dreams of the world? <laughs> but because he never see that as what? Inheritance. It is an inheritance that your father has given to you when you stay in communion with him and fellowship with him. So fellowship and communion is not just to come and sit down and clap and dance alanta. Hey, and you have a dream. You can't interpret it. You talk to God. He can't talk to you back. You are still confused. 21 days fasting. Something is wrong somewhere. You are losing your inheritance. May you receive your inheritance back. I say may you receive it back. May you receive it back. Do you know when this is in place, all these struggles, struggles, boo, 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 all these people that say, come, we are going to fast, jump up, shout, it will end. Because if they are shouting, they say, what is the shout for? I know what God has said about me. I'm doing it and it's working. Is it not? That is true. That is true. So they do it as if uh, if you do that thing, that is when it will work. It's not true. It's not true. It is communion. That is inheritance that we have lost. We need to return back to that communion and we need to return back to that fellowship. Are we saying amen now? Are we saying amen now? He said to Abraham, fear not. Fear not, Abraham, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Do you remember? That Genesis 15 verses 1. 
God said to Abraham, I am thy shield. Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield. And thy exceeding great reward. You will possess and inherit me as your own reward. This is still the great offer God holds out into us, even today. Unto the Levites also, God offered himself. Those sin pushed the man out of this estate and made him naked and helpless. God is still committed to finding a man, the seed of woman, who will bruise the head of the serpent and enter into his glorious inheritance. We say thanks be unto our Lord Jesus Christ who offered himself. When God came to Abraham, now look at the next inheritance. God came to Abraham and said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God checked, I, what can I reward this man with? Can I give him car? Can I give him house? Can I give him, ah, no, 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 no. Ah, he said, Abraham, I offer myself to you. I give you myself. Abraham, take me. <laughs> he said to Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great what? Reward. Did he say, I reward you with gold. I reward you with silver. I reward you with car. Abraham, me, will be your shield and do exceeding great reward. And look at verse 2. You see the error of man. Even when God has offered himself to us as our inheritance, we are still not satisfied. And look at what Abraham said. And Abraham said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Didn't God tell him what he has given to him? Verse 1, read verse 1 again. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Have I not rewarded thee? Abraham said, no, no, no. What I'm saying is that I don't have a child. Just give me a funwa. You take it on Huh? God said, Abraham, do you understand what I'm saying? Abraham, come. It's like, you're not understand. Are you all right? <laughs> Abraham, I said, me, I am thy shield. Me now, I am thy exceeding great reward. Have you forgotten that the Bible said, lo, children, they are the heritage of the Lord. When God offers you himself, can you carry them? But God don't want our eyes to focus on all those things. He wants to know whether Abraham can understand that me, giving myself to you, you would have shouted and said, hey, you mean you give yourself to me? It is over. God, you mean that you are my inheritance now? You'll be dancing. Is it not in him is everything? The Bible didn't say the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The owner of the whole world said, now nah, I give myself. I'm coming to your house. I'll be living in your house. The owner of the whole world said, I am coming to your house. I'm your reward now. And they called me and said, ah, 
how will he look at you? He will say, are you alright, Kelechi? Are you well? <laughs> Kelechi, what I mean is that the one that owned the whole world said, I have given myself to you. Abraham said, God, is, he, is this Eliezer? Is the one that will be now my hair. I don't understand God. Do you know this same inheritance? God is still keeping it for me and you. He's still keeping himself for me and you. That if our eyes can see, if we can see, when you accepted Christ, that's why I began to tell you, as many as received him, to them gave you power to become what? What does he mean? You have inherited me. I have become your own. You see all those, my children, I am their inheritance, whether I agree or not. Because they have inherited you. They have inherited you. Is it not you that brought them? Did they force you to bring them? You brought them here. So why are you complaining? The same way, we didn't force God to save us. So. You're not even understanding what is happening here. Okay, you thought you are crying, God, if you don't save me, I would die. It's not true. It's not true. It was him that decided I want to save them. I want them to be saved. I don't want them to die. Were we there when they discussed it in heaven? Were you there when God was saying, who will I send? We were in there. And lo and behold, he now said, as many as received me, to them I have given the power to be my children. So what does he mean? What he's saying that I have given myself to you. I have become your inheritance. I have become your inheritance. I'm your father now. I am your father. He said, I'll be a father unto them. They shall be my sons and my daughter. God's delight is to call us children. And he has accepted the responsibility of fatherhood. He has offered himself to us. But we say no. Just give us a car. Can I get one car one house? And just marry a good girl? No problem. Now see, when we finished the congress, and God came to me, I didn't go to him. I wasn't asking him what next do we do. No. He came to me and said, now, the next thing we should start, since we have dealt with the issue of sin and finish all of them, those things that is bringing problem between me and them, let them see the inheritance. I have kept it for them. They need to come. They need to come and take it. And stop struggling. This thing they are struggling. I tell you, you have your own too. Because he's your father. Because the gospel has come to you. And you accepted it. Why do you bend your head like this? Bend your head like this. I told them in this world, there's no place you shut my mouth up. So God is the next inheritance. He offered himself to Abraham. I am thy shield. And thy exceeding great reward. You see that man failed the first time through sin. But God said no. I will not leave him there. I must make a way out. Because this estate that I reserved. They must take it back. This inheritance. They must take it back. I kept it for them. Are we saying amen? That's why we cannot say another thing but talk about Jesus. So, 
Because if Jesus did not come and die, we'll be slaves forever. But Jesus came and died. He laid down his life for us to deal with sin and then became qualified to open the seal and get back the inheritance for us. Yet, to share in this glorious inheritance, God desires not only that Jesus be the only begotten son, but that he should bring many sons unto glory. Are we saying amen? That he might be the first among many brethren that have become conformed into his own image. Romans 28 verses 29. Are you in Romans 28 verse 29? Are you understanding? So, for we to begin to enjoy this inheritance, he now said, ah, you ought to look at him, Jesus. Look at him. He's the first begotten son. Who brought the inheritance? He knows the way. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So every one of you must conform to be like him. Are you in Romans? For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many. Now, look at God's desire and purpose again. For all of us, all of us, that he has already predestined. You see this once, like our brother Paul said, are you understanding? We are Gentiles, but already God has gone ahead and included us in his program. God went ahead and included us in his program. Even when those Israelites are saying, how can these ones be part of us? But before their eyes, they saw us speaking in tongues. They say, hey, we have heard them speaking tongues. There's nothing that will forbid us from baptizing them. So let these people be baptized too. Say, this God is wonderful. That even the Gentiles also are saved. Are you not saying amen to that? Now God said, these ones who have been predestined, this is my purpose. That everyone and each of them should be conformed. Please, what is the word conformed? There's something we are learning. We are studying. We are studying. What is the word conform? What's the meaning of the word conform? To conform. Now, I want to say, I want this chair to be conformed to this. So, what are they going to do? For this chair to conform to this. You have to dismantle everything and start afresh to fix it afresh the way it should be. In order for it to look like this. The one that will pass through fire will pass through fire in order to get it to be like this. Please listen to me now. This one is very, very important because this is where we miss it. And that is where we talk about discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. And not just to go and dance and dance a lantern, shout 20 hallelujahs. What actually makes everyone and each of us to be full partakers of all of that inheritance and Jesus become the firstborn and all of us follow as his brothers. Do you understand what I'm saying? God's intention is that Jesus alone will not be his son. But he will be the first. Are you understanding? The firstborn. The firstborn in the family. But all of us will be his brothers. How will God achieve it? God said that every one of us must be conformed to his image. That means we ought 
to look like him. We must be conformed. Listen, day by day, every minute, as you study the world, as you go to church, as they preach the gospel, God's intention is to achieve this. The conformation of the people of God to be like who? Like Christ. That Jesus become the first as all of us follow as his brothers. God don't want us to be saying we are Jesus' brother and we are lying. We are Jesus' sisters and we are cheating. Is there any way you can say you look like him? God now arranged it that through discipleship, when people come, what are we teaching them? All we need to make them understand is say, this is God's intention that everyone who has been redeemed, who has received the gospel, the inheritance is there for you, for we to be co-heads with Christ indeed and for Christ to be the firstborn, all of us ought to do what? Conform. Now look at it. Our brother gave us this example. He said, Hollandis, you know Hollandis? Every Hollandis is the same stock. Two of us. All of them. But they are not the same design. Once is Hollandis. Hollandis is what? Hollandis. The color does not make it to reduce in price. Eh? The color. If it's white or green, or once it's that stock, it has the same quality, the same price. God's intention is that as our faces differs, are you understanding what I'm saying? Just like the Hollandis, as our faces differs, but inside us, we have the same what? Stock. The same thing. If they look at you, they look at her, they look at you, they look at you, they will look at us as if we are different. As we are sitting down here, it looks as if we are different. But when we act, we are what? The same. When we behave, we are what? The same. Just the same like Christ. That was why at Antioch, why did they call them Christians? They called them Christians because they were behaving like who? Christ. They said, these ones are just Christ-like. They behave like him. They speak like him. They run like him. They do everything like him. Please, all their faces and Christ's face were not all the same. They were not the same. But inside, Jesus has molded them to be like what? Him. So Jesus concentrated on them to make sure that the kind of life he carried is the kind of life they carry on the inside. So on the outside, you look at them, they look differently, but on the inside, they are the same. That is the purpose and the target of God for whatever preaching. You see anybody preaching? Any preaching that is not targeting to make the people of God to look like Christ on the inside, even while their faces are different. But all of them will look like Christ. And these are the people that when we go to heaven, when God looks, he says, no, I don't know them. They don't look like me. They don't look like me. The way they speak, they don't speak like me. 
the way they behave, they don't behave like me. The way they talk, the way they react, the way they do things. I don't know whether somebody's understanding what I'm saying here. Please, can somebody understand what I'm saying here? And that's why we talk about discipleship. Discipleship. The issue of confirmation. Give me another translation. Another translation. This one said, to be conformed to what? To the image of who? His son. So, every study we are studying should be who? Jesus. The one we look at every day should be who? Jesus. Because the one you look at every day is the one you conform to be like. Two of us. Do you remember the case of Jacob? Do you remember the case of Jacob and Lebanon? Do you remember what happened? Jacob had to play smart one. What did he do? He went and painted stick and lined it there. Every sheep that goes there to drink is conceiving after the word. Because every day they come, they are looking at the thing. 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 So they conceive after what they see every day. When you go to this place, they teach you about jump up and shout hallelujah 12 times. You conceive after jump up and shout hallelujah 12 times. If you go the next day, they will teach another thing. But if it is Christ, you are studying morning, afternoon, night, you are never tired. Bearing in mind to be conformed to his image as you make him the first son. As all of us become what? His brothers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, my question is, God wants us to be conformed into the image of Christ. So the question is, when we are following Christ, are we the one that will change and look like Christ? Or is Christ the one that will change us to look like him? Okay. Okay, did you hear him? Are we the one that will change ourselves to look like Christ? Or is it Christ that will change us? Do you remember the scripture that said, as we behold him, we are changed. From one level of what? To what? You come tomorrow and behold him again. You do what? You come again and behold him again. You do what? So who is changing who? You have a part. He has a part. The part you have is that you will stop beholding any other thing. Who do you behold every day? Him. That is when you begin to do what? Change. Is someone understanding that? When I begin to behold another thing, I am conforming to that thing. If I behold another one, I am conforming to that one. If you behold another thing, you are conforming to that thing. But once you clear those things off you and the only one you are beholding, bearing in mind, there's nothing God desires from me apart from me conforming to be like him. So who do I keep beholding every day? If they offer you another thing, what will you do? You do like this, you push it. You keep looking at him 24 hours. It's Jesus. Every day, it's Jesus. They offer you another thing. You see, this is where we missed it in the body of Christ. They offer us so many things that look sweet and we collect it. You conform to that one. Set your eyes on me. Steady. Set your eyes on me steady so that you can be conformed to be like me. You see Jesus speaking to them. 
in that Matthew, Matthew 11, verse 29, it says, take my yoke and learn of who? Of me. So what does that mean? You must focus on me. Don't learn 24 ways of making money. It's not necessary. Learn of me. The money you need will come. Learn of me. You'll be a good husband. Learn of me. You'll be a good wife. If you keep learning of me, you'll raise good children. Learn of me. Your business will establish. Learn of me. The problem we have with that, we think that if we learn of him, we'll not be rich. We think that if we learn of him, and we have not read one book like that, one big man of God wrote about one thing like that, we'll not be successful in our marriage or something like that. I'm not saying that reading books is bad. But any book I'm reading, my Bible must be by the side. I will be checking the book and Jesus. Once it's not showing me Jesus, do you know what I'll do? I'll close the book and pack it by the side. So the book I'm reading will be showing me who? Because I'm to be conformed. I don't want any one of you to miss your inheritance in Christ. None of you should miss your inheritance in Christ. So, if you finish hearing me, miss your inheritance in Christ, I have done my part. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6, Pastor answer. We sent you there to show these people their inheritance in Christ. You are busy dazzling them. I said, Lord, I show them all. He called me again and said, look at the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 29. I said, show my people my purpose. What I'm targeting to achieve. That they should be conformed to the image of Jesus. Did you show them that? I would say, Lord, I showed them. And me also, I'm striving to be like him every day. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I have done what you said I should do. Is someone understanding what I'm saying? So, it is our responsibility. Everything that is blocking Christ. Everything. Don't be offended. Don't be angry with me. When you see me saying certain things, are you understanding what I'm saying? All the prophets, I say, oil, handkerchief. Indian, and I see it as things that block Christ. We remove them so that the people can see Jesus the way he is. Not Jesus and any it must be Christ alone. Listen, it wasn't easy. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Jesus met me. He told me this man has formed themselves in you. These ministers wanted to conform to them, not to Christ. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's why if you see many churches, they put their pastor, they call their bishop name and not Christ. They will tell you what the apostle said and not what Jesus said. Jesus started dealing with me. We are, we are waiting for declaration of the year and of the moon. And that day Jesus came. He brought the case of the man for 38 years. He was at the pool. Are you understanding what I'm saying? 38 years he was sick at the pool. And the Bible said only a season the angel comes a whole year once. Once angel come and stir the water, the first person that fell into the water will be made whole. The rest will wait from that one year. That was the scripture Jesus brought me to. And that day, 
Jesus was passing through the way. He met the man and asked him, get up. I said, no. I've been healed for 38 years old. He said, I don't have strength. Whenever the angel comes to stir the water, because I don't have strength, the first person would. Jesus said, my friend, do you know who is talking to you? Do you know who is talking to you? Don't you know the angel is my servant? I am here now. The work of angel has finished. Get up, my friend. That was how the man got up. The man got up immediately. God told me and said, no, no. You have not finished seeing what I want to show you. He now asked me, how many of others that were sick followed Jesus? None. Listen, how many of them that were sick there followed Jesus? None of them. They saw the man got up, made whole. Only him followed Christ. The rest stood, waiting for angel to come and stir the water again. Jesus said that is what is happening in the church now. He told me that's what is happening in the church now. They see me passing every day. They leave me. They are waiting for the angel in the church to prophesy. Hey, oh prophesy. Did you understand what I'm saying? My eye got so open that day. I was crying. I was saying, Lord, oh. He said, that is what I'm opening your eyes to see. So that if you are speaking about me, speak with everything in you. Let their eyes open to see me. If they can't see me, they'll keep behaving like that. May you see Jesus today. May you see Jesus today. And leave the genius of men. Follow him. Follow him. Anywhere he's going, follow him. Even if those men are calling you, follow him. I shed tears that day. The Lord said to me, do you know how many important that were there? How many sick that were there? They all stayed there. And they saw the man who has stayed for 38 years followed me, made every weed whole. They refused to follow me. They still stayed back. They are waiting for the angel to come and stir the water again. Everyone, wouldn't they have died? That was the day I ended. This month is the month of this. God said to me, any day, any time can be a time of healing for you. If you believe. Not the month they call. They are the one dictating for you. The month that is the month of prosperity. Who told them? Every month, every second, every minute. If only you can believe something. Can we shout amen? Can we begin to talk to God now? Say, Lord, please help me to see you. Ah, help me to see you. Help me to see you. Help me to see you, Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, whatever blocking me from seeing you, take it away from me. Whatever religion, whatever belief, whatever I have used to block my heart from seeing you, remove it, Lord, please. I don't want to miss my inheritance. I don't want to miss my inheritance in Christ. My inheritance of communion, my inheritance of fellowship, my inheritance that is the greatest of all, you, you, Lord, you have offered yourself to me. Every child of God, God offered himself to you and said, take me. I give myself to you. There's nothing again God can give to you that is more than himself. 
there's nothing he can give to me and you more than himself. No matter what you say you have, hey, that is why you can't lose him. Oh. Don't lose him for anything, no. Don't lose him for anything, no. That's why in the Congress, he keeps telling us, leave sin so that I will not leave you. Leave everything that's called worldliness or cleanness of any kind so that I won't leave you. I am your inheritance. God is our inheritance. Communion is an inheritance. Fellowship that is deep is an inheritance. It's not a joke. Can we talk to God? I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our open health meeting, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life transforming seminars for all in Sport Circle at Suki 23, C2C Plaza, Pokiti Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry. Instagram at Savior T Sports. Twitter at Savior Total. WhatsApp number 090 Email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Angel.